0: We're going we're gonna to continue in our series this morning in Galatians. I know Pastor Brandon last week talked about living in relationship with God, relating to God as a son rather than a slave. And uh, Galatians 4, 7 says, You are no longer a slave, but a son. And since you are a son, God has made you also an heir. We're heirs of Christ. Isn't that great news this morning? Father, I pray, help me to teach and preach your word today. God, I pray that you would just uh, anoint this time and, Lord, stir our hearts, God. Release fresh fire in our spirit today and help us to grow into the maturity of Christ, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, this morning, I want to talk to you about learning to walk in the spirit. Now, maybe, you know, that doesn't happen automatically. Amen. I almost got an amen there. How many of you know that doesn't happen automatically, right? And in Galatians chapter 5, the chapter opens up with a warning from the Apostle Paul to the Galatians, encouraging them to continue to walk in relationship with God through grace rather than relying on keeping the letter of the law in attempt to please God, right? And so in Galatians 5.1, he says this, he says, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourself be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. Now the yoke of slavery that Paul is talking about here is the attempt to walk in relationship with God by keeping the letter of the law. It's a work, it's a works or religious mindset or mentality where you rely on what you do to try to please God. And so the life, it's, it's viewing God as that is as, as that servant or that slave, that God's a hard taskmaster. You know, I remember growing up, my grandmother, bless the Lord, she's in heaven now, but, you know, whenever they had bad weather, she'd say, you see that? God's mad at you. And we're like, oh, my goodness, you know. And But that's not the right, how many of you know that's not the right picture we should have of the Lord, right? The life of spiritual freedom Paul is encouraging here is relying on the grace of God to walk in relationship with him. It's a relationship mindset or mentality where you rely on his grace and his forgiveness. Amen. It's a sonship mentality. A sonship mentality means we see God as a father, not as a hard taskmaster, and we see uh, ourselves as joint heirs with Christ, as Pastor Chatty said, we're we're a son of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and we serve God out of desire and devotion rather than out of out of duty or keeping rules, right? And so it's a liberation. A slave relies on religious works. A son relies on relationship. And I, I believe the point Paul is trying to get across here in this chapter is you have to learn to rely on the power of the Holy Spirit, not works to please God. Amen. And so the spiritual, uh, if you want to enjoy a liberating and a powerful relationship with God, you have to rely on the power of the Holy Spirit, right? The spiritual tension we face in our soul is real. Isn't that right? There's a tension going on. And so there's a battle in our souls between our flesh and the spirit, always. We're gonna always battle with that. And in Galatians 5.13, Paul tells the Galatians, he said, you were called to freedom, brethren, only do not turn your freedom into an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. In verse 16, he goes on and he explains and he says, I say to you, Walk by the Spirit and you will not carry out the desires of the flesh. For the flesh sets its desires against the Spirit, the Spirit against the flesh, for these are in opposition to one another so that you may not do the things that you please. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. So what Paul is saying is that every day we face this struggle, this tension, this battle between our flesh and God's Spirit desiring and attempting to control our life. How many of you know that? And so our flesh will try to steer us in one direction and God's spirit will try to steer us in another direction. And how many of you know they're not the same direction, right? And so our flesh really is our sinful nature and it desires its own way. And it always opposes and struggles with the Holy Spirit's direction and guidance in our life. There's a natural tendency inside of us. If God says, go this way, our natural tendency say, I don't want to go that way. I want to go this way. It's a natural tendency. We can blame that on Adam in the garden, right? It's that sinful nature. How do we know when our flesh is trying to control our life? It's when our desires and our behaviors start steering us away from God and the things of God. That's an indication that your flesh is trying to rule your life. Depending on which influence controls our life determines the quality of our life. Paul gives us a word picture here in Galatians 5, 19 and 21 of what it looks like when our flesh controls our life. This is what it looks like. Verse 19. Now the deeds of the flesh are evident which are immorality, impurity, sensuality, that's sexual sins. And verse 20, idolatry, sorcery, witchcraft, that's spiritual sins. And verse, uh, the rest of that verse, enmity, strife, jealousy, outbursts of anger, disputes, dissensions, factions, that's relational sins. And then envying, drunkenness, carousing, and things like these, it's habitual sins. So the more your flesh dominates your life, the more your life will be characterized by sinful behavior. So now Paul gives us this one picture, and then he gives us another picture. Paul gives us a word picture of what our life looks like when the Holy Spirit is the one dominating and controlling our life. In verse 22, he says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. So what Paul is saying is the more God's Spirit dominates our life, the more you will be characterized and you will, you will respond and behave in a godly way. How many of you wish to be able to respond to life circumstances in a godly way? Now, what a contrast of two different lives. A life characterized by the control of the flesh is characterized by sinful behavior, bondage, doubt, religion, legalism. A life controlled by the spirit is characterized by godliness, freedom, faith, a relationship and walking in grace. And so what would your life be characterized by? Would it be characterized by, by being dominant, having a dominant control of your flesh? Or would your life be characterized by your life having a dominant control of the spirit? What Paul is trying to tell the Galatians is, listen, if you want to live spiritually free, if you want to dynamite just a powerful Christian life, the Spirit of God needs to be controlling your life. Amen? And so now, why is it so important that we learn how to walk in the Spirit so we can have this powerful life? And so, Benefit number one of walking by the Spirit of God is that the Spirit keeps us keeps us from being held hostage to our flesh. You know, in, in Galatians 5:16, Paul says this: I will say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not carry out the desires of the flesh. If you want to live free from sinful tendencies, you have to learn how to walk in the power of the Holy Spirit. Are y'all with me out there? And so learning how to walk by the Spirit is what really keeps us from giving in to evil desires and fleshly and sinful tendencies. And so how do you get free from sexual sins? You got to learn how to walk in the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen? How do you get free from idolatry and sexual sins and all this stuff? You need the power of God operating in your life. Amen? And so it's the Holy Spirit's power that keeps us from carrying out the desires of our flesh. You know, uh, I, I keep reminding this, but you know, years ago, Chap asked us to go start a class, freedom class at LPCC. Now I told Chap, I said, Chap, you know, I believe that the strongest demons in a in end up at LPCC because they're operating in people and they get them to do ungodly things and they end up there. How many of you know Chap has a a, a real a real job trying to bring light to LPCC Lafayette Parish Correctional Center. But, you know, years ago, I remember when we started this class, there was a guy in that class that, of course, you know, I don't know why those guys are there. Sometimes they will come up and tell me. But there was one particular guy. We were talking about the power of the spirit and the liberating power of God. And he started manifesting right in the chapel by manifesting. I'm talking about demons started screaming in him. And you know what? We led him to Christ and we just talked to him about deliverance and ministered to him. And I found out later this man was a serial rapist. And he told me that every day of his life, he was tormented. He had gotten sexually abused as a child and he lived with this torment and God began to work in his life. And all of a sudden he started getting freedom. And he told me, he said, Todd, I've never lived one day without mental torment, but I want you to know Jesus has set me free. Amen. Amen. To God be the glory. Amen. Amen. You say, but Todd, what about these people that he that he abused? Well, you know, I know God's grace will help them, But, you know, many people will look at him and throw him away and say there's nothing good in him. But, you know, the Bible says that in our flesh dwelleth no good thing. And, you see, we need to realize there is nothing that's out of the realm of what we might do if our flesh gains control of our life. Come on, are y'all with me out there? And so listen the spirit keeps us from being held hostage to our flesh a second reason it's important to learn how to walk in the spirit is the holy spirit makes your life more attractive amen we don't need quite as much stylish clothes if we walk by the spirit amen paul made a bold statement in corinthians in 1st corinthians 4:16 he said therefore i urge you Imitate me. Wow, what a bold declaration. In verse 11, 1 Corinthians 11, 1, he said, follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. Now think about that with me a minute. Would, would we have enough courage to tell other people, listen, if you want to know what Christianity is like, imitate me, follow me. How many of you would like to do that? That's what Paul was saying. He's saying, follow my example of Christ. As I follow Christ, you just follow my example and follow Christ. Come on, how many of you know we need the Spirit? How many of you know that should be at least our goal, to be more Christ-like, amen? And it's our Christ-likeness that makes our lives more attractive to the saved and to the unsaved, amen? And it's learning how to walk in the Spirit that makes our lives more attractive. Galatians 5.22 says, The fruit of the Spirit is love, it's joy, it's peace, it's patience, it's kindness, it's goodness, it's faithfulness, it's gentleness, it's self-control. Wow. How many of you know that if you let the Spirit of God operate in your life and the fruit of the Spirit begins to work in your life, you're going to be more attractive. Amen? I remember years ago, Brother Francis and I went to a pastor's conference and the the guy that was teaching said, Pastors, I can help you. You can make your, your church better. If you just do one thing, smile. Yes, smile. How many of you know that the fruit of the Spirit is attractive? Amen? And you know, I remember um, a couple of years ago, I went to Peru for a surge roundtable, and we had a bunch of pastor leaders there, and 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 so we were training leaders. And after that, uh, they invited me to preach in a church in, in Lima, Peru. And and after I preached, we had a good time. We went to dinner, and the family, the pastor's family, they had this elderly gentleman, and it was amazing to me. Everybody was fighting. I mean, he was like 93 years old. And everybody was fighting to help him and to serve him. And, and, and I just, I was like, wow, the grandchildren were, I want to help him. No, I want to help him. And I thought, oh my goodness, man, what a blessing where people are fighting over to serve you. Amen. So I was like, what is it about this guy? And then we had lunch. And while we had lunch, I began to visit with him. And I quickly realized what was so attractive. The man was so loving. He was so kind. He was so gracious. He had a great attitude. And that's why everybody wanted to be around him. They couldn't get around him for one second without him making them feel better. I mean, you know, the fruit of the spirit will make your life more attractive. Amen. Now, would you rather be around those whose hearts are full of love or full of hatred? That's, that's, a, that's a no-brainer, right? Who would you like to be around? Around those who are grumpy or those who are full of joy? Full of the joy of the Lord. Amen. Who would you rather be around? Those who are full of anxiety, stress, and and depression, and heaviness or those whose hearts are full of the peace of God. Amen. Come on, are y'all with me? The bottom line is our lives will be more attractive to others if the fruit of the Spirit is produced in our lives. Amen. And listen, you can't have the fruit of the Spirit without learning how to walk in the Spirit. If you walk in the flesh, we already looked at that picture. Amen? A third reason it's important to walk in the Spirit, walking in the Spirit allows us to receive God's best for our life. You know, at the end of the list of fleshly deeds in Galatians 5.21 is this phrase. I forewarn you, just as I forewarned you, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Now, I've always believed, and whenever I read that, you're not going to heaven. But as I begin to look at it a little bit closer and, and do some word study, the phrase, those who practice such things in the Greek, means prasnotis, which means the practice of. And so those who make, A practice of such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. And so the phrase will not inherit the kingdom of God in the Greek does not mean that you won't get to go to heaven. What it means is you will not inherit God's best for your life. You won't receive the blessings and provisions of God's kingdoms if you operate in the flesh. Amen? Come on, how many of you can agree with that? Amen? Come on, if you operate with an angry heart and a hatred, you're not going to receive the peace of God in your life. Amen? Now listen, it's not those who fall short of perfection who are excluded from the kingdom blessings, because that would, that would be all of us, right? None of us are perfect. It's those who willfully continue to practice these kinds of sins of the flesh, instead of turning to God in confession and repentance and asking Him to help us. Does that make sense to you? If we don't walk in the Spirit, then we'll make a practice of those fleshly deeds. How many of you know you can't just say, I'm not going to be angry anymore and just not be angry anymore? Come on, can I get a witness in here? I know it's not you, but it's somebody else. How many of you say, that's true, Todd, amen. listen, A practical benefit of walking in the spirit is you position yourself to receive God's best in your life. You know what I found? I can't allow my flesh to rule my life and enjoy the peace of God, the love of God, the joy of the Lord. The fruit of the spirit won't operate in my life if I'm given over to my flesh. Come on. Are y'all with me today? Are y'all receiving this today? Amen. So how do you learn how to walk in the spirit? We have to make some behavioral changes. And that's what Paul is trying to address the Galatians. He says, walking in the Spirit requires us to make intentional changes. Someone has said that the definition of insanity is to keep doing the same thing and expect a different result. Amen? If we always do what we've always done, we're going to always get what we've always Yeah, you know it, right? To be intentional means to do something with purpose. It, it means the number one catalyst for change is intentional action. You can have, you can have be, uh, you know, having good intentions and not change a bit. Come on, you gotta put some legs to those intentions. Amen? We have to make intentional changes if we want to learn how to walk in the Spirit. And so Galatians 5:16 says so I say let the holy spirit guide your lives then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves let the holy spirit guide your life you know as a christian i can be going to heaven and i cannot allow the holy spirit to guide my life amen we don't you know the bible says don't quench the spirit the bible says uh, you know, uh, be filled with the Spirit. Come on, I can make a decision whether I want to walk in the Spirit or not. Are y'all with me out there? So let me just talk to you about how to enhance walking in the Spirit. First of all, you gotta intentionally hunger to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Listen, you can't walk in the Spirit if you're not filled with the Spirit. And you can't be filled with the Spirit unless you desire the Holy Spirit's work in your life. That's why the Bible says, don't quench the Spirit. Come on, I, I don't, I'm not hearing a good enough strong amen today. Come on, just think about somebody that's not here today and just think, man, if they were here today hearing that, they, they, amen, amen, Todd, amen. All right? So, Matthew 5, 6 says, blessed blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. They will be filled. The more you hunger and thirst to be filled with the Holy Spirit, the more Spirit-filled you'll be. And so, listen, on the day of Pentecost, remember when the 120 were in the upper room praying to be filled with the Spirit? The Bible says they prayed constantly to be filled with the Spirit. They were hungry and thirsty for God's promise. And in Acts chapter 1 and 14, it says they joined together constantly in prayer. You know what I think that means? I mean, I think that means the the fact that they were praying constantly means they had a strong desire and hunger to be filled with the spirit of God. And if I could just encourage you to just hunger a little bit more to be filled with the Spirit, amen? Because listen, everything we accomplish in life first begins with a strong desire, right? We don't do anything unless we got a desire to do it. And so if we desire to be filled with the Spirit, we're on our way, amen? The second, the second way to enhance the Holy Spirit's guidance in your life is every day ask the Lord to fill you with the Holy Spirit. Every day we got to ask the Lord, Lord, would you fill my life with your power? Would you fill me with your presence? I want to be guided by your spirit and not my staking flesh. Amen. Because in my flesh dwelleth no good thing. Amen. And so every day, Luke eleven eleven. which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will he give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, we'll give him a scorpion. If you then know how, though are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Come on, how many of you know our, our father wants to give us more of his presence and his spirit in our life? Amen. And so, you know, I like to just take a moment, take time. I remember Dr. Cho, he said, you know, he's got a special chair on the platform. And when he does church, I I think of this often. He invites the Holy Spirit to come sit on the chair on the platform. And he says, Holy Spirit, what do you want to do today? What? How do you want to minister today? Come on, how many of you know, if we allow the Holy Spirit to begin guiding our life more, we'll, we'll give in less to the fleshly deeds of the flesh and we'll be more powerful in the spirit of the living God. Amen? And so I like to pray through Isaiah eleven two Or 11, yeah, I think it's two. The spirit of the Lord will rest on him. I I want that. I don't want just a touch from the spirit. I want the spirit of God to rest on me. Amen. You know, I was thinking about this. You know, the story of Samson, how strong and mighty he was. And whenever the spirit departed from him, how he became, that's a picture for you and I. The more spirit-filled we are, the greater we'll be able to overcome evil tendencies. The Listen, the stronger the Spirit of God is, the more we'll be able to do something great for God. We're going to be an attraction to those who are lost. But we need to be spirit-filled. Amen? The Spirit of the Lord will rest upon me. The Spirit of wisdom and understanding. The spirit of counsel and power. The spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. I like to just, Lord, I pray, the spirit of wisdom come upon me. The spirit of knowledge come upon me. Lord, the spirit of the fear of the Lord come upon me. Come on, I pray, Lord, that you would fill me with your counsel. Let the spirit of counsel be upon me so I make wise decisions and not foolish decisions. Holy Spirit, fill me today, Amen. Amen. Come on, how many of you feel right now that you need to be filled with the Spirit? Amen. The third way to enhance the Holy Spirit's guidance in your life is to stay in step with the Spirit. I remember whenever Olivia was young, we had this little praise song and it said, let us stay in step with the Spirit. Well, in in Galatians 5.25, it said, since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Have you ever noticed how quickly you can go from being in the spirit to in the flesh? Come on, how many of you can relate to that, right? I mean, you could be singing along and all of a sudden, another person enters your body. Amen. Can I just share a little story with you? Tony and I were fishing. We were in Cocoa And we had a friend, a guide. The Holy Spirit is a guide. And he worked through a flesh and blood. And he told us about a spot to go fish. So we anchored out, we fishing, and we're catching some trout. Tiny cast over there, and uh, she caught, she said, I'm going to cast by the bank catch a red. She cast over there, caught a red. It's like, man, she called it. She cast back out there, caught another red. I'm rejoicing with her. Amen. I'm rejoicing with her. I'm singing, this is the day that the Lord has made. How great thou art. She cast back out there, caught a speck that was bigger than her reds. So I grabbed my pole and I just throw with everything I got. And the line must have wrapped around the pole or something. And it just went about five feet and fell in the water. And my whole reel got bird nest. Amen. I got in the flesh. Amen. And to make matters worse, a fish took my line and now my there's a fish swimming out there and I can't reel the thing in. I'm telling you, I'm way, way in the flesh. Amen. How quickly you can step out of the spirit and into the, into the flesh. Amen. And the Bible says we have to make a decision. To stay in step with the spirit, not in step with the flesh. Amen. So I had to gather myself. After I slammed, no, not really, but I wanted to throw that thing in the water, right? And so Tanya said, I'm gonna bring it in for you, honey. It's like, yeah, sure. And she grabs the line and starts reeling the fish in. Well, I was in the flesh. Romans 13:14 says this. Put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill its lust. Folks, we can feed our flesh. We can give rain to the flesh. We can stay in step with the Spirit. We can pray and ask God to fill us with the Spirit. But at the end of the day, we have to make a decision whether we're going to lose it on Ambassador Caffrey or not. It's our job to reign in our flesh, not to give in to tendencies of our flesh. Because if you allow your flesh to rule your life, you're not going to like where you end up. You're not going to end up with spiritual freedom. You're going to end up in spiritual bondage. You're going to lose the joy of the Lord. You're going to lose the love of God, the peace of the Lord. You're going to lose all of that. But if you walk in the power of the Spirit, The Holy Spirit is going to give you the grace to live a powerful Christian life. A powerful life full of the joy of the Lord. Are y'all with me out there? Amen. Why don't you do me a favor and stand with me as we close this morning. How many of you have had plenty of opportunities to die to your flesh lately? We all do every day. The Bible says we need to learn how to crucify our flesh. We got to learn how to not give in to it, but kill it, die to it. Amen. I'm going to today say, man, I need to walk in the. I need to learn how to walk more in the spirit. See, Christianity—you can't live the Christian life in the power of your flesh. You can go through the rituals. You can go through the the. You know, you could go through the. The calisthenics of Christianity. But you're not going to enjoy your relationship with God. You're really not going to live free. That's why you talk to some people and they say, I'm a Christian, but they're harder than the hardest person you've ever met. They're so crusty. They're so critical. They're so judgmental. They'll beat you over the head with a Bible. Come on. You need to be filled with the spirit. You need to be filled with the joy of the Lord. Amen. Amen. Come on, if you're feeling that, come on, if you have the liberty, just lift your hands with me and just say, Lord, fill me with your spirit this morning. Lord, I want to be filled with your spirit. Lord, you said ask and I could receive. Lord, I want to be filled with your spirit today. Fill me with your power. Fill me with your presence. Fill me with your anointing, Lord. Thank you, Father God. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for you're the gift of the Holy Spirit. Spirit of the Lord, let fresh fire fall on us today. Lord, let fresh fire fall. Lord God, Lord, you said out of my belly shall flow rivers of living water. Lord, let the rivers flow in me this morning. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord. I want your spirit to rule and to reign over my life, not my stinking flesh, Lord. Father God, come today. Come today, Lord, and fill me. Fill me. Holy Spirit, come! Holy Spirit, come! Holy Spirit, come! Holy Spirit, come! Holy Spirit, come. Let's just take a moment. Come on, just invite the Holy Spirit. Come on, right where you are. Don't just stand there. Come on, just open up your heart and begin to ask the Lord to fill you with His Spirit. Come on, He He will fill you if you ask Him. Come on, He will empower you if you ask Him. Come on, just open up your heart. Open up your Spirit right there. Holy Thank you, Father. Spirit, you well come yes, Lord. Here comfort this place and fill the atmosphere your glory God is what our hearts are yes Lord to be overcome by your prayer come on just right there we are just take a deep breath and just invite him say come One more time like a prayer. It's in your life is to surrender your will to the will of God come on how many of you know you gotta you can't get filled with the Holy Spirit as long as you stay in control over your life God fills yielded vessels surrendered vessels Jesus taught his disciples us to pray and he said pray then this way thy kingdom come your kingdom come Your will be done. The first step to having the guidance of the Holy Spirit is surrender. you got to give your life to Christ. I don't know if you're a Christian today. I don't know if you've ever surrendered your life. But the first step is to say, Lord, I need you. I'm a sinner. I need your forgiveness. I'm ready to let you control my life. Once you do that, then God will begin to take control over your life. Would you just bow your head for just a second? If you're here today and say, Todd. I'm not sure I'm a Christian, but I want to be a Christian. Would you pray for me today? I'm ready to surrender my life. I'm ready to surrender my will to God. If that's you, just lift your hand. Just lift it up just long enough for me to see it. I want to pray for you today. I just want to I thank you. I see your hand right over here. Right over here, I see your hand. Anywhere else? Come on, family, can we pray this prayer? I see your hand. Let's pray this prayer together. Lord Jesus, thank you for forgiveness I know I've sinned but I thank you for forgiving me Lord I don't want to be rebellious I don't want to be stubborn I'm ready to surrender my will to yours Lord Jesus would you forgive me would you cleanse me and would you fill me with your presence thank you Lord for touching my heart today with the power of your spirit In Jesus' name, amen. Now that song says, Holy Spirit, you're welcome here. You know, Pastor Larry Myers, we had a staff meeting a couple of years ago and he was just talking about how in just one second you can make a bad decision and it can really cost you a lot. So we were saying, you know, Pastor Larry, how do you avoid that? He said, you need to practice yielding to the Holy Spirit. You need to practice surrendering to the Holy Spirit. And that song says, Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. You know, in the world, they teach in meditation. and Meditation is going off the charts in the world. They say, come on, you got to learn how to. Man, I tell you who ought to be the best meditators on the globe. The people of God. Well, listen, we're not just, you know, meditating for meditation's sake. We're opening our heart and our spirit to the living God, to the spirit of almighty God. Amen. Come on. Are y'all with me out there? He's the one that makes you lie down by green pastures. He leads you by still waters. He's the one that restores your soul. It's all part of his plan. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Can we just conclude with that prayer? Holy Spirit, come on. just, Just right there where you are, say, Holy Spirit. You are welcome here. You are welcome here, Lord. You are welcome here. Come and take over, Lord. Take charge of our lives and empower us with your presence today. I pray in the strong name of Jesus. Amen and amen. If you need prayer for anything, we'll be up here. If not, God bless you. You're dismissed. Have a wonderful day.